Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. We got a jam-packed show scheduled for you guys this week. Excited to do the show. Uh, already in the month of November, Dominic. We're past the midway point of the NFL season, Dominic. Some great games to recap. How was your weekend? How are you doing? I'm doing amazing, William. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. But uh, how great were the games these weekend? Wow, these games this weekend were insane. Crazy <laughs> upset with the Detroit Lions. William, you got it right. My hat's yeah. off to you. You are on fire with your picks this week. Thank, I appreciate that, Dominic. Honestly, let's not uh, dilly-dally too, too much. Let's jump into that game right away, Dominic. I appreciate the shout-out. The Detroit Lions beating the Green Bay Packers, Dominic, in this one, 15-9. Aaron Rodgers throwing three interceptions. Frustrated as per usual. Dominic, I think the Packers are in trouble. Yo, William, the Packers are in trouble. And if Aaron Rodgers doesn't fix it, then they are done. Stick a fork in them. I think he's the only one who can get them out. It's all about him finding his composure back. He's not composed whatsoever. It's been like that since the end of last year with the whole COVID drama. He just is not the same player. He needs to settle down take a big deep breath, look himself in the mirror and ask himself whether or not he wants to continue playing football. Because as we currently speak, he looks like a guy who wants to check out. Yeah, I don't know. hundred percent. It's similar to Tom Brady-ish, right? Similar to Tom Brady. At the end of the day, these two quarterbacks, you know, when you're on a huge losing streak, you basically have to find a way to crawl out of it. You just saw Tampa Bay do it by the skim of their teeth. And I think that for Green Bay, they're going to have to do the same thing. It's going to be an ugly win. It's probably going to be a last second win. But Green Bay needs to find that somehow. If you can't beat the Lions, I just don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, it's just like it, it seems. I don't know if it's miscommunication or what it is, but a big Play late in the game, Dominic, when it was fourth down, the Packers needed to get the first down. Uh, he threw the ball to, um, it was to Sammy Watkins there, and it was a miscommunication. He was throwing to the outside. Sammy Watkins ran his route to the inside. And it was like, I think that play was a, a total description of what the season has been so far for the Green Bay Packers. It's been tough. Um, and it's never in my life that I think it would be this hard to see uh, a team led by Aaron Rodgers move the football, let alone score points. Uh, it's been tough for the Packers. And, uh, you know, this game, uh, I, like you said, Dominic, I think I picked the Lions last week. Uh, when it was 0-0 heading into half or late, like, I did think the Packers were going to find a way to win this game just because they are the better team, or at least you would think they are the better team. Um, but no, on this one, it was all about the Lions. Credit to Lions defense, Dominic. Aiden Hutchinson looks great. Uh, he has been everything the Detroit Lions could have asked for so far, uh, being drafted second overall in uh, in this year's uh NFL draft. He got the interception. He's able to get pressure on the quarterbacks. And, you know, he's not intimidated, or I should say, he's not uh, swayed either way by the record of the Detroit Lions. He's playing every game like it's a Super Bowl. Um, and as if the Detroit Lions are, you know, 6-0, and 7-0, and and in playoff contention, every snap he takes uh, is as if it's going to be his last snap. He doesn't take any snaps off. And so far, I've loved what I've seen out of Hutchison and Dominic uh, coming out of Michigan. Yeah, definitely a good defensive end. He's doing what he needs to do. He's helping create an identity on Detroit's defense. You know, leaving the Packers only to nine points in this football game is is a testament to how Detroit's Lions defense played well in this game because the offense wasn't that great. Jared Goff, 14 for 26, 137 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, and you win the game. Ooh, that's not the offense driving the boat this week. It was definitely the, the Detroit defense. And uh, it's good for the Lions. You know, they they need these wins. Maybe they, they, they start a momentum because that franchise, they feel so bad for them. I think that even Campbell might get fired at the end of the season. I just don't know. I don't know what where this Lions team is going, but this win is a huge win for them. So let's hope that they can build off that. Totally, Dominic said it very well there. Let's go from one upset to another. Uh, AFC East matchup, the Buffalo Bills getting their second loss of the season, uh, losing to the New York Jets 20-17 to in this one. This was a surprise, not going to lie. I know that uh, there have been upsets galore uh, this part, this well, so far in the NFL season. I really didn't think this was going to be one of them, Dominic. The Buffalo Bills leading this game 14-3. to 
at one point. Josh Allen rushing for two touchdowns in this one. He a second rushing touchdown was a 36-yarder. Uh, he was struggling passing the ball early in this game, but you think, okay, like the Buffalo Bills, they're going to get the job done. They're playing the Jets. The Jets, you know, they're not as good as their record says. Buffalo's arguably the best team in football. They're going to get the job done. But it was the Jets' defense stepping up in this one, specifically Dominic Sauce Gardner, who's been everything they could have asked for in this one. Josh Allen throwing two bad interceptions in this one. The Jets' offense doing what they need to do. Zach Wilson managing the game. And, uh, yeah, Dominic, that Jets' defense stands up tall once again, and they beat the Buffalo Bills 20-17. to A huge victory. Then. You would never think the Jets have a chance at the division. But right now, you look at the AFC East. The Bills are 6-2. and two. The Jets are uh, the Jets are uh, six and three. The Dolphins are six and three. Both the Dolphins and the Jets beat the Bills this year, so they have the head-to-head there. And the Patriots are five and four. You know, not many people are talking about them, but everybody over five hundred in that division. And uh, the Jets being the Bills, Dominic, just made that division a little bit more crazy this weekend. Oh, 100%. If the Jets only had a quarterback, boy, yeah. this team would be on the rise and quick. But since Zach Wilson is that quarterback for at least this year and probably maybe even next year, I don't see the Jets maybe not even making the playoffs. What we're seeing right now is a wonderful football team for the New York Jets, but we all know you need to have a quarterback. Yeah, you could maybe, you could even maybe make the playoffs. We can make a case for that, but I just don't see it. I think that Josh Allen in this game as well, you really saw what uh, I've been talking about this uh, year is Stefan Diggs is the team. So yeah. to me, if you shut him down and Sauce Gardner definitely had his way, that's going to be very, very hard for the Buffalo Bills to win football games uh, if they just shut down. Don't get me wrong. He is a very, very difficult guy to shut down. He's been beating every DBs, but looks like Sauce Gardner got the best of him. Hence, you know, where does Allen go after that? He doesn't have... Cole Beasley that he had last year. Cole Beasley was a, a really good security blanket. Now they they brought in, a, well, they had Isaiah McKenzie last year, but I think they thought they were going to make him more of the focal point. I don't see it. And I think this is why the Bills are overrated. They're just a one-trick pony show with Diggs and Allen running the ball. That's it. And if you run into a crazy defense like the Jets, you know, look what happened. They lost this football game. So... For this entire division, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to materialize because I think they're all going to really beat each other up. And one of them is obviously going to win the division. You would expect at this point a wild card as well. But we're going to see. We're going to see how it shakes up. But one thing's for sure. The Bills, you need to find another way to fabricate some type of offense leaning on that running game. We've talked about it for two years now. And Singletary it just isn't cutting it. I don't know where the Bills are going, but I don't trust them one, one bit. And as for the uh, for the Jets, well, the Jets, as we said, get yourself a quarterback. At least you know that the franchise, the solid foundation that it's being that's being built right now in New York is going to last for a long time. So keep an eye on the Jets for the years to come. They have done an amazing job drafting great football players. Yeah, you know, I think you said a lot of it there, Dominic. Only thing I could really add is... Um... We talk about Josh Allen, and he he's dealing with an injury right now. It's a UCL injury. Don't ask me what that stands for, what that means, but it was it's in his throwing shoulder. Uh, so he uh, is yeah dealing with that right now. We don't know how serious it is. It doesn't seem to be too too serious or threatening to be uh, season ending or for him to miss several weeks. We don't know. Uh, that's just the report right now. Because uh, as uh, we record this, Dominic, it is Tuesday for you and I. But we'll have to wait and see there. Hopefully it's something serious for Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen, Stefan, like you said, Dominic, the heart and soul of this team for these guys. So hopefully uh, it's not too, too serious here for Josh Allen. Something we'll be monitoring over the course of the week. And uh, yeah, definitely hope he's okay, Dominic. Let's jump to another game, Dom. Yeah, let's jump to the Atlanta Falcons versus the Chargers. I watched this entire football game. I wanted to see if Herbert could produce without his number one and number two receivers. It was difficult. Let me say it, it was like one of those games where it could have gone either way. But the Chargers take it 20 to 17. Herbert going 30 for 43, 245 yards, one touchdown. Austin Eckler, this guy, oh boy, they're lucky to have him. He is a great safety security blanket for Herbert. He seems to be able to do it all. The Chargers, you know, if they can just 
somehow get a lot better on the offensive line. And I don't know if it's going to happen by the end of the year. That's their Achilles heel. You can get to Herbert now this year because of all those injuries. Guys are not 100% on the line. So I'm a little iffy. And as for the Atlanta Falcons, boy, Marcus Mariota is horrible. He is like probably, I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of quarterbacks are horrible this year. But (laughs) if I were to rate where Mariota ranks, he's probably bottom three somewhere. I really think so. He's that bad, which makes Kyle Pitts irrelevant in this offense two receptions 27 yards and seven targets this guy should be your dynamic pass catcher and he can't get off because Mariota is garbage just garbage but wow if there's a guy that is by far my favorite player right now is Corderell Patterson you should yeah. see this guy destroy linebackers and taking them out completely there was one play where you had Drew Tranquil needing oh a my spot. goodness. He run him over, reminded me of Jerome Bettis back in the day when Bettis destroyed Ray Lewis. Well, that was one type of play that, that definitely will resonate with me. And that's a type of play that even if the Falcons lost, which they could have easily won if had it not been for Mariota, this team is going places. The Atlanta Falcons are for real. I'm going to call it right here, right now. They will make the playoffs even with a terrible Mariota, because Corderell Patterson is that special. Well, Dominic, I I understand and know the run you're alluding to, and I rewound it several times. I was watching the replay on SportsCenter, and it's for those who played Madden, it was the hit stick on Madden when you time it perfectly. And yeah, I love Drew Tranquil. He's my boy from Notre Dame, but man, was that a good hit. That's going to be on Kyle Brandt's angry runs. For those who watch Good Morning Football, you know exactly what I'm uh, talking about here. But yeah, I didn't even know Patterson was going to play in this game. He was on my bench for fantasy, getting me two TDs on the bench, um, which obviously doesn't count. But yeah, he's a super fun player, Dominic. And he's come, I don't want to say he's come out of nowhere, but he wasn't used like this in the other offenses he was playing on. Used more as a receiver, not getting targeted all that much. But here he's kind of used that, I don't want to say like a Debo Samuel there, but he's what I'm saying is, He's used in the backfield. He's used as a receiver. Um, and he has been great for these guys. And who knows? Maybe the Falcons can make the playoffs, Dominic, especially with how uh, poor this division's been lately um, to start off the season. But, yes, I like the win for the Chargers. I think it's a signature win. You know, it's not a pretty win, Dominic, but it's definitely a win nonetheless. I think this is kind of a, the better team finding a way to, to, scr- to scratch and claw their way into a victory here because uh, they were down in this game 10 zip and they could have easily folded their playing uh, in the, in Mercedes-Benz field. They didn't. They got the win and a big one to keep, uh, you know, keep looking, uh, I guess, not pretty necessarily, but keep the talks about their playoff hopes alive. I know it's early in the season, but for that playoff picture, that's a, a big win there for those Los Angeles Chargers. Um, let's move to another game. Next up, Dominic, I got to talk about my Miami Dolphins. An incredible game, similar to the one last week between the Dolphins and the Lions. Dolphins come out on top 35-32 against the Bears. Justin Fields doing everything he possibly humanly could in this game, rushing for over 180 yards, uh, the most ever uh, in the regular season for uh, a quarterback in this one. He channeled his inner Michael Vick in this one. Both defenses, Dominic, looked like they were asleep in this one. Uh, you know, credit the Bears for putting up a fight in this one. And uh, they were down by 10 late in this game. They came back and uh, the Dolphins defense stood uh, stood tall there on, on a fourth down play. But both quarterbacks looking very good in this one, Dominic. I was very impressed with Justin Fields and the connection he had with Cole Komet. Uh, I like that one. And yeah, for two of their Dominic, his connection with Tyree Kill has been... Uh, more than you could have asked for really early on in this season. And, uh, you know, when you got a guy like Jaden Waddle as your wide receiver too, this Dolphins offense is looking really, really good. He underthrew a few passes in this game. Dominic did uh, did Tua, but uh, Dolphins offense looking good as per usual. And, uh, yeah, exciting season so far for Miami. I love what I'm seeing out of that offense. Defense has got to wake up a little bit, Dominic. But if you like offense, you love the game between the Bears and the Dolphins this past weekend. Oh, yes. The Dolphins are for real, and it's beautiful to see. I honestly think that this team is making the playoffs guaranteed, and it's just a matter of time for them to make some damage against whoever they play in the first round. 
Tyree Kill, you just can't stop this guy. You just can't. And the Dolphins, who, who cares about their D? They can be down. They can be leading. It doesn't matter. The Dolphins will never be out of a football game as long as you have Tyree Kill on the field. He can break a touchdown on any single play. I said Stephon Diggs is the best receiver right now, but after seeing what Tyree Kill's doing, I don't know, man. I, it's between. It's a toss-up for me now. I'm still going with Diggs, but man, Tyree Kill... Good luck stopping this guy, whoever he's going to be playing against, because you just won't be able to. As for the Bears, great loss. How can I say yeah. that? A great loss is because Justin Fields is finding his identity. Dude, 178 yards rushing? Crazy. Don't ever stop doing what you did, because that is a recipe for success. I love the fact that they added Claypool. That just adds another you know, dimension to this offense, specifically in the red zone. Donnell Mooney got off a little bit, you know, seven for eight in terms of his receptions. That means he's very consistent. The Bears, you know, as much as this defense is terrible, and as much as they're missing a lot of pieces, I think that this loss actually is going to propel them in a positive direction. So both these teams, great football game. And I honestly think both moving forward for the rest of the season will be tremendous in the NFL. Crazy to think we're already past the halfway point in the NFL season, heading into week 10 this week. Actually, tonight, as uh, as Dominic and I air, it's the Falcons against the Carolina Panthers. Should be a good matchup there. Dominic, let's keep it rolling and let's recap with the week that was in week nine. Yeah, let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals against the Carolina Panthers. Wow, Joe Mixon. Five touchdowns. That's just psycho for a running back to do. I can't even recall offhand when's the last time I saw a running back score five touchdowns in a football game. That was beautiful to watch. Cincinnati needed this game. You know, I, I know it sounds funny to say, but they really needed this game after getting destroyed by the Cleveland Browns. You know, finding in the right identity. Listen, we can run the football. We know that Jamar Chase is a huge frigging element to our football team, but without it, you know, what, what can we do? We'll just hand the ball to Joe Mixon, 22 carries, 153 yards, four touchdowns. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. T Higgins, seven receptions, 60 yards on eight targets. Very consistent. You know, Cincinnati, to me, it's a football championship team. With Joe Burrow, you got yourself a premium quarterback. He's been to the Super Bowl. But can you do this consistently? Running the football is going to be so important in the playoffs. It will make Jamar Chase that much more open. So Cincinnati, keep on doing this for the remainder of the season. This is the recipe for success. As for the Panthers, you know, I don't know what quarterback's going to be, you know, moving forward with the Carolina Panthers, but it's it's horrible whether it's walker whether it's mayfield whether it's sam darnold you know they just fired some more people in carolina this week as well i don't know where this franchise is going i was huge on this franchise just two years back thinking they had a wonderful draft but if i'm in that locker room everybody must be just miserable who wants to play for the carolina panthers right now and that starts with ownership they have a wacky tobacky owner up in carolina and i think it starts with him being so you know off the cuff and doing these crazy decisions, for example, bringing Baker Mayfield, was that a wise decision? They wanted to invest heavily on Deshaun Watson at one point. Was that a wise decision? I don't know. It starts with the owner. It trickles down to the front office, and the rest is on the field. And for right now, the Carolina Panthers, you're atrocious. Go find yourself maybe a whole new football team, because at this point, you're going to finish dead last the way you guys are playing. I do agree with you, Dom, your take on Cincinnati, that this was almost a must-win for them, especially with how poorly they played last week against the Cleveland Browns. I really thought they were going to win that game and win that game convincingly. It was the other way around. Cleveland marched in and walked all over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this is a big win for them, a bounce-back game for them, too, now at 5-4. and four. You don't want to be heading past the, the midway point of the season with a losing record at 4-5, and five, so big win for them there. Um, and, yeah, Joe Mixon, Dominic, I think that when you talk about Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the receiver these, these guys have, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. And then when you get Joe Mixon on fire, Dominic, this offense is definitely going to be hard to stop. Uh, with Carolina right now, it, it's hard to find a, a reason to be hopeful. You know, you always had Christian McCaffrey, and so okay, we could build our franchise around him. Now that he's gone, is you know, what what is 
what is the what is there to fall back on, right? There's no necessarily star player. There's no reason to look to the. I mean, they I, they do have a significant amount of draft picks, so I guess there's that. Yeah, um, but William, how do you not yeah. accept two first round draft picks for Brian Burns? How do you not accept that? That's that's comes up to the GM, and that's like yeah. ownership conversations. They're getting it wrong horribly, and the fans are paying the big price in Carolina. You're spot on, Dominic. Not only that, but how do they not get a first round pick out of Christian McCaffrey? Like, I was shocked when, like, yes, they did get a lot, Dominic. And, you know, people say they won that trade, but I was expecting at least one first round pick there heading back to Carolina after losing, uh, you know, your uh, your your stud rece- receiver slash running back slash who knows what in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but, yeah, I guess to answer your question, my guess is Baker Mayfield will be taking the snaps under center to, to start next week, but uh, really, you never know what's happening in Carolina. And tough because this was a year they could have had it, right, Dominic? The division is struggling. Tom Brady hasn't looked good. Um, so, unfortunately, they have not been able to capitalize uh, on, uh, on you know, the, the the fact the division hasn't been doing well. Let's jump to that game, actually, Dominic. Sunday Night Football, Rams, Bucks, uh, two teams struggling to score on offense in Los Angeles and in Tampa Bay. But, you know, credit Brady Dominic. He was down. He had the two-minute drill. They were down by uh, by four late in this game. No timeouts. He marches down the field and uh, gets a touchdown in this one late in the game to seal the victory. And, uh, yeah, tight end to uh, to Oten. Uh, they're uh, one of their tight ends. Or Dominic, not the guy you think that would uh, produce the game-winning TD for Tampa. But it was, again, not a pretty win, but a win Tampa Bay needed. And uh, as much as Tom Brady has taken criticism over this year and everything that's been going on with him, uh, he did not have a great game in this one. But when his number was called, he stepped up and uh, he delivered Dominic throwing 58 passes in this game and getting his only touchdown with seconds remaining in the football game. Tampa Bay wins a big one, Dominic, uh, against uh, you know their uh, their rivals in the NFC, a rematch of uh, last year's divisional matchup. But the Tampa Bay gets the better of the Rams in this one. Yeah, Tampa Bay... You know, you might have won this football game, but you did not deserve it whatsoever. This loss falls on Sean McVay's shoulders. How can you let Tom Brady, as usual, march down the field and win the football game late? They had the perfect four down play at the goal line. They stopped Tom Brady. All you got to do is get a maybe one first down and you can drain the clock and they couldn't get it done. To me... I'm with Ramsey on this. I don't know if you saw the post-game interviews. He's just like livid and bewildered by the fact that, you know, you stop Tom Brady on a goal line play four times. You're ready to win the game. You're banking on your offense to deliver. But as usual, the Rams choke because they have no offensive line. And I blame McVay for not having a way to fabricate one big play for, for Cooper Cup to get a first down there. It's it was atrocious for the Rams to have given the victory to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To me, that's how I see it. But, you know, for Tampa Bay, it doesn't matter because Tampa Bay, they just needed to get that monkey off their back, which was a huge losing streak. Now that it's off their back, they can say to themselves, okay, well, you know, where do we go from here? I find Tampa Bay, I remember watching the Raiders play with Rich Gannon as quarterback. You had Tim Brown and you had Jerry Rice, okay? All they did was spread the football, forget the running game. As much as I love Leonard Fournette, currently you just don't have an offensive line either in Tampa Bay. Spread the ball, let Tom Brady do do what he does, which is, you know, scare the living daylights out of defense. Usually if, if he's got five wide receivers to help him out, right? A little small pass here, a little small pass there, march down the field. And the, I think the only reason why it hasn't happened yet is because Brady is a one hit away for to be, you know, broken into at his age. He's 45 years old. You know, he doesn't, not going to take many hits to get this guy injured for the year. So if I'm a head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, why they, why are they not running that type of offense? They'll continue running the play action. They'll continue running the ball, but they will lose football games more potentially than they win if they do that. So let's hope they find a, maybe an in-between marriage and then they can make the playoffs. Because right now I'm telling you, those Atlanta Falcons, they will be on the Bucks' heels back and forth for the entire season. Yeah, Dom, that's what's been fun about the division that nobody could have predicted from the start of the season. I think everyone thought this division was going to be a wrap week eight, week nine, but obviously it's been anything but... 
You talk about the fact that we weren't able to stop Tom Brady late in the game and not being on Sean McVay. I agree with you. It is partly on Sean McVay, but mostly for the offensive part, Dominic. If you hold Tom Brady and this, I don't want to say high-powered Bucks offense because they've been anything but this year, but on paper, if you hold Tampa Bay to 16 points, your offense should be able to produce 17-plus points to win this game. So for me, this game is on the Rams' offense. Um and I'm not saying you said it wasn't, but look, when you're saying Matthew Stafford has 13 completions in this game, Dominic, and eight of them going to one receiver, look, I love Cooper Cup. If I was a Rams fan, I'd buy a Cooper Cup jersey. I have a massive poster of Cooper Cup in my room. And whenever you throw the ball to Cooper Cup, I think it's a great decision. But when you have 13 completions as a quarterback and eight of them going to Cup, which leaves three to Robinson, one to Brown, and one to, to Powell, you got to find a way to get other people involved in this offense. I think everyone and their grandmother knows on big downs, this ball is going to Cooper Cup. And while he's a great receiver, it's, it's, it's hard for him to catch the ball when he's in double coverage. It's hard for him to catch the ball when people know it's going to him. I don't know if it's on Matthew Stafford. I don't know if it's on McVay. I don't know if it's, you know, what it is. But if I'm not mistaken, Dominic, it's McVay calling these plays. And he has to find a way either to get Cooper Cup more open, which is difficult to say when everyone knows he's getting the ball, or find other ways to get the receivers involved. They have Allen Robinson, Dominic. And this guy was supposed to be the Odell Beckham Jr. for this team. You got Tyler Higby there as well, Dominic. So, look. I know Cooper Cup is a stud. I know he's arguably the best wide receiver in football. But this offense has to be more creative, Dominic, because right now everyone knows the plays that are coming, and it just hasn't been enough to support this defense. I agree with you, William. It's it's completely true. But Allen Robinson is not the same wide receiver that he used to be back in the day in Chicago. He just isn't. And now they have Van Jefferson in this offense. He dropped a huge bomb at one point early in this football game. I think that these guys, you know, they need to gel more potentially, you know, side practice with Matt Stafford because Matt Stafford also isn't hundred percent. So all these elements intertwine by having a terrible Rams offense. One thing I'm going to mention is that we've been waiting for a rookie running back, your boy, Kyrene Williams to step up on this football team. He is a dynamic football player that can energize any offense. You saw him obviously in Notre Dame what are your thoughts on Kyrene Williams? Can he perhaps help that running game, add an element as a pass catcher, and then potentially help that Rams offense in any way? Because if you're going to be keeping on blitz in that offensive line, you have to have an outlet. Cam Akers should have been that outlet, but unfortunately, he started disagreeing with Sean McVay, and we all know what happened with him. He almost got kicked out. They tried to trade him. They couldn't trade him. He was supposed to be gone. They're stuck with him. It's basically what's going on with Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson is only a back that you could just feed him a couple times here and there. He's not really a great pass catcher. So back to my question. Can Kyrene Williams help this offense as a receiver and as a running back since you've seen him a lot more in Notre Dame? Love the question, Dominic. The answer is yes and yes. He's undersized running back, but he reminds me of a Philip Lindsay, a guy that you know is going to give 130% on every single carry. He's going to run guys over, and he knows he's undersized. And as weird as it says, as weird as it sounds, Dominic, he uses it to his advantage. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, and uh, you know every time he touches the ball, he in his back of his mind. He's thinking of all the haters saying he's too small. He's too small. He's uh, this guy brings energy. He's got speed. He's a great back out of the uh, out of the backfield as well too, Dominic. So I think if you're looking for a spark, Dominic Kyle Williams is the guy to go to. So I think he's NFL ready, Dominic, and he's been exactly the player he was at Notre Dame is what this offense is missing now with the Rams. I think they did a great job drafting him, but now it's time to put him on the football field and let him make plays. I agree. I think that uh, the Rams need anything for a spark. And this guy has to be that element to inject in this offense to get maybe Cooper Cup some more space out there to be even a better receiver. Yeah, because right now, Dominic, like I said, we love Cooper Cup. We know he's a stud, but it's hard for anybody to get open when everybody knows the ball is going to go to you and he's double covered. And I said it to one of my buddies the other day. Thank God the Rams won the Super Bowl last year because they don't even look like they deserve to be in the conversation this year. And I can't see Stafford getting another shot at the Super Bowl with the way this Rams offense is playing and with the way he's been playing. So Rams fans, it's a long season, but now we're past the halfway points. I, I hope your team gets it together because they have been look, looked uh, not too great, to say the least, this season after winning the Super Bowl. Dominic, let's continue with the recaps. Yeah, let's go the Tennessee Titans versus the yes. Kansas City Chiefs. 
boy, if Malik Willis was not playing and you had Tannehill playing in this game, the Titans would have definitely won this football game. I mean, Pat Mahomes, let's let's be honest, he's the best quarterback right now in the NFL. But to me, throwing the ball 68 times, really 68 times, that's an issue. And it might not show up right now, but it might show up in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, this typically was a playoff game. 20 to 17, the Chiefs take it. Easily could have gone the Titans' way. Derrick Henry ran exactly as he should. 17 carries, 115 yards, two touchdowns. To me, I thought that the Titans were taking it. They were going to take it. But no, Malik Willis had to be obviously a rookie quarterback going 5 for 16, 80 yards, just atrocious. I mean, and the rest of the right receivers, they can't really get involved when you have an atrocious quarterback like that. And Travis Kelsey, we talk about it every single week. Just triple team the guy, man. He is the key to this entire offense. Take him out. Take Travis Kelsey out. That's all you need to do to contain this offense, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, we've got Juju Smith-Suster, who's having a great season right now. He's obviously a good weapon, too. But I think that real key element is Kelsey. We, we say it week in and week out. The Kansas City Chiefs were lucky to win this football game. And it's, as a matter of fact, they've been lucky a lot as of late. I mean, who did they run this week? They ran four carries for Edwards, five yards. Five carries for Pecco, five yards. McKinnon, three carries, four yards. You're not going to win a playoff game if that's your offensive strategy, no matter how good Pat Mahomes is. So let's see what the Kansas City Chiefs can do moving forward. But 68 throws in a football game, that usually is a lot and way too much for my liking. It was a very close football game, and the Kansas City Chiefs, again, win. I get it, Dominic, and I was talking with a coworker uh, the other day, and he had a similar take to you, and I completely get where you guys are coming from. The Chiefs did, I guess you can say, got, get lucky in this game, and Malik Willis at quarterback definitely helped them. For me, this is kind of, I, I look at it, this is a good football team in Kansas City finding a way to win an ugly game, and it's, it, it reminds me of the Patriots back in the day when, you know, the defense would be playing very well when Tom Brady was struggling. And it was always one player that would step up for uh, for the Patriots back then when, when the team wasn't playing well. And for me, this was like Tennessee should have had this game. It was 17 to 9. And for some reason, when Kansas City got the ball late in this game, you kind of knew this game was going to go to overtime. And that you just can never count Patrick Mahomes and the, this Kansas City offense out. So, yes, while it wasn't an impressive victory, Dominic, and... If they were playing a better team, I guess you can say, or a team with a more experienced quarterback, they probably would not have won this game. But I look at it like, look, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm not necessarily ecstatic waking up on Monday morning, but I'm happy with the win. And it shows we're able to win in a, in a plethora of different ways. To me, the stat line here is, is nuts. Malik Willis throwing 16 times. 16. Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball 68 times. So that's the difference of 52 passes. It is It tied the most, Dominic ever for a discrepancy between one quarterback to the other one quarterback throwing 52 times more than the other quarterback ties the NFL record there for a difference in passing it was nuts this game was you know I guess you could say exciting there late in the in the second half um because you know it was 10 nothing for, for the Chiefs in this game and you thought they were going to run away but credit that the, the Titans defense Dominic they were able to uh, I don't want to say contain Kelsey Dominic if you look at the stats. However, he did get 17 targets, Kelsey Dominic, and only 10 catches, which is if you're the, the Chiefs defense, you may be taking that ratio of 10 to 17. Um, but yeah, Kelsey coming up clutching this game. And Mahomes, you know, rolling to his right and finding Gray there for that bomb on third and inches. Just that's the thing, Dominic, with this Chiefs team, I feel like players are able to step up when other players are struggling. Um, and yeah, it was a big win for this Chiefs. And I think that right now, with the Bills losing, who, like, oh, man, like, I know I asked you this question last week, Dominic, and I know you're high on the Ravens. For me, KC is still the team to beat right now in the AFC, if I'm looking at it. Even after this ugly win, it's KC the team to beat in the AFC. No, I'm I'm changing my pick to KC as well, 100% with you, yeah. uh, William. What happened is uh, the Baltimore Ravens got a huge injury to Bateman. He's now out for yeah. the entire season. Yeah. We found that out uh, midway through last week. He didn't play, obviously, this week. I, I watched the Ravens game, and uh, they are going to be a fantastic football team down the stretch. Don't get me wrong. 
but they're going to probably not be able to score enough points at one point or another in the playoffs to win the game is what it's always been like for for Baltimore. Uh, so, yes, I am definitely agreeing with you that right now, as we speak, you know, the Chiefs, they added Tony to this offense. That guy's a speedster. Eventually, when he gets acclimated in Kansas City, you could imagine that he will be involved. Seems like Kansas City is really, really well prepared with a lot of depth. The only thing is I question that running game. And in the playoffs, you need to run the football. I don't want to see Pat Mahomes running the football, six carries for 63 yards and leading your your your, your running game. Uh, I think that's ridiculous. We see it currently in, in Buffalo. Same thing. It's the new NFL. I get it. It's just bizarre. And I think that teams that are going to do this consistently, it will eventually haunt them and they will not win. They'll either get an injury. It's just not how football is played. I don't care how new the football brand might be. Your quarterback's not your running back. Forget about it. He's your franchise for crying out loud. Your quarterback's your franchise. He's supposed to be there for 20 years, 15. Who knows? You're going to let him take the hits. You're going to let your quarterback take your hits. That is bad coaching. And Enyarine is not a bad coach. So he needs to figure it out. He probably will. He just thought to himself, this is what I'm thinking. Malik Willis is the quarterback. Let's just throw the ball until, you know, we can throw 5,000 interceptions. It won't matter. Let's try to put as many points on the board as possible. Might have kept it as simple as that because these stat lines, to me, they are not great stat lines. If you bring that to the playoffs, you're going to lose. Yeah, uh, I love your take there, Dominic, and I love your analysis there. Uh, there's been some great teams in the AFC this year, Dominic. I think the AFC has been much more impressive than the NFC. I guess if you look at the top dogs in the NFC and how they're struggling this year, um, a few games we didn't uh, talk about, Dominic, but a lot of interesting ones there. Minnesota coming back, winning this game. Another great team finding an ugly way to win a game over the Washington Commanders there. Uh, Patriots defense all over Sam Ellinger in this one, 26-3 over the Colts. We'll talk about the Frank Wright firing uh, after the break there. See Seahawks doing Seahawks things, winning games, Dominic, and putting up points 31 to 21 over the Cardinals. Geno Smith looking as good as he has uh, for the entire season there. And the Raiders, again, finding a way to lose when they were leading this game. They were up in this game big against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let Jacksonville come back and win this game. Yeah, these Raiders, Dominic, kind of uh, a tough to see them uh, play this year and everything that's been going on there. Uh, there's been, uh, and then yes, so obviously we got the Eagles, Dominic, staying undefeated, winning Thursday night football, 29 to 17 after a slow first half there uh, for the Eagles. But the Eagles remain undefeated and they're only undefeated team in the NFL. So a lot of great games that happen in week nine. We've got games to preview this upcoming week, Dominic. But before we do that, Frank Reich out, the coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Jeff Saturday will be taking... Um, the the spot for him now as an interim head coach. What are your thoughts on the firing of Frank Wright? I think Israel is a moron. I think that uh, if you're going to draft a quarterback, make sure you draft the right guy. They, they drafted Andrew Luck. Clearly wasn't the right guy. I also think that bringing in a guy like Matt Ryan and then relegating him to the bench to end his career is, is horrible. I honestly think that the owner's got to be involved in this conversation. He has to be. And I blame Israel. I don't think he's a smart owner. And the Indianapolis Colts, unfortunately, are stuck with what they're stuck with. So I don't like it. I think this football team is great. Frank Wright shouldn't have got fired. He got fired. He was a casualty for the front office's mistake. And for Israel to be just this owner who's obsessed with winning, don't get me wrong, they all are. But he's a special character. And I think he's definitely a part of the problem in Indianapolis. I think this is more of a desperate move. I think that, look, things weren't panning up the way the Indianapolis Colts thought it was going to pan out, especially, we know, with signing Matt Ryan and with the great football team they had. He didn't do well. They benched him. Okay, they lose more football games. What else are you going to do? Okay, firing the coach makes sense at this point. Um, I, I get where you're coming from, Dominic. To me, I think this football team was struggling and you need to make changes and make changes quickly. So, you know, I'm not a fan of losing games and then making decisions, you know, wait until the season's over. I feel like Ursa is trying to save the season. Um, and I kind of get that, you know, far in the coach, maybe, maybe that'd be the best for this team right now, but it is kind of 
I guess maybe an, an inevitable situation there. Uh, you know, maybe Frank Wright wasn't dealt the pieces or the proper pieces to win football games, um, especially if you're starting Matt Ryan at QB, who hasn't been great uh, as of late in his career. But I don't know, Dominic. I, I get where you're coming from, but I think something needed to happen with this Colts team. And what what other choice do you have besides firing the coach, right? Ah, again, I, I don't think this team is that far off. You You brought in Matt Ryan. You got some key injuries early. You obviously yeah. got an injury with Jonathan Taylor. You obviously had an, your injury on your best defensive player in Leonard. And then you're just going to go fire the coach. It's pathetic. I, I think it's weak sauce, big time. And again, I blame this on ownership. These owners these days, they want to win at all costs so quickly. And they want these results so quick at, at the expense of players and coaches. And this one, unfortunately, was not deserved. All right, let's move on. I like the take, Dominic. Fun to agree to disagree. I like it. Makes for a good show. <laughs> Today, we've got a good game, Dominic. Well, what hopefully should be a good game. Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Atlanta favored by three in this one, Dominic. My gut is telling me Baker Mayfield will play in this game. He'll start and he'll do what he needs to do to get his team the victory in this one. I think he's going to play well. Uh, I, I, hope I'm, I hope he's playing after all this analysis I'm doing. My gut is telling me that Baker's going to play in this one. He's going to lead his team to victory, and uh, he's going to continue taking snaps under center for this Carolina Panthers team. So give me the Panthers to win a divisional matchup. I'm going to go 27-23 Panthers at home in this one. Wow, William. Ballsy, ballsy, yeah. ballsy. I honestly think that uh, Atlanta is going to smoke Carolina. Wow. I don't care how bad Mariota is. It's that running game. They can run the ball at will. They were supposed to beat the Chargers. Atlanta is going to destroy Carolina. 36 to 10. Wow. Alrighty. Next up, we got a game in Germany, Dominic. Germany, Seattle Seahawks at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers favored by two and a half in this one. No, Dominic. Look, I'm stubborn and I've often picked against the Seattle Seahawks, but I think I've learned my lesson. Give me Seattle here. They look great so far this season. Tampa Bay has not. I know Tampa is coming off that victory, but I can see this being a similar situation where Tom Brady and this Buccaneers offense struggles to score points. Given the Seahawks to win in this game, I'm going to go a final score of 19 to 16 Seattle with a ton of field goals being kicked in this game and Seattle improves to seven and three. What a treat these Germans are going to get seeing <laughs> Tom Brady, the one and only up in Germany. Wow, that must be a ticket. Probably selling for big bucks. I don't see Tom Brady disappointing those fans in Germany. He's going to put on a show. Give me Tampa Bay, 27 to 23. All right. Next up, we got the New York Giants hosting the Houston Texans. Giants favored by six and a half in this one, Dominic. Giants coming off the bye week. Saquon Barkley healthy. I think he's going to run wild in this game. And he's going to do what it takes for this Giants team to come away with the victory. Give me New York in this one. I'm going to go final score, uh, 25 to 17 Giants. And they just cover the spread. And yeah, they get a, a victory heading, out of, uh, heading up after the bye week. This is going to be a tight football game. And it's going to be a quick one. Both teams are going to run the ball and run at will. Who's got the better offensive line? It's a tough one. I'm definitely going to take the underdog in this game in terms of the spread. I'm going to take the Giants. The Giants win by three in overtime, 20 to 17. All right. Next up, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins favored by four in this one, heading back home after beating the Chicago Bears. Cleveland coming off a bye week. I'm going to go Miami in this one, Dominic. I think their offense continues to roll. Uh, I think you see, you know, a bit of Tyreek Hill, a bit of Jalen Waddell. Uh, Wilson was a great addition. Well, so far in his first game, played pretty well. He got the game ball, actually, for the Miami Dolphins in that one. I'm going to go Dolphins 32-20, to Dominic, over the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, um, this is going to be my upset of the week, William. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think when you win a, such a huge game, Cleveland beats Cincinnati, that locker room is energized. And this is going to set up the second half for the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson's just around the corner. If they yeah. can win this game, who knows about those Cleveland Browns? You just never know in the NFL. But I like the secondary to be able to contain Tyreek Hill in this one. Give me Cleveland 28-27. to 27. All righty. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs favored by nine and a half, Dominic. Total blowout. 
Jacksonville, unfortunately, you won a big game last week, but I just don't see anybody stopping the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me Kansas City 45 to 13. It's funny, Dominic. I have the exact same take as you. Similar score. I'm going to go 37 to 10. Kansas City, after Kansas City's offense struggled this past weekend, I think they uh, they don't struggle in this one. They look like a well-oiled machine. Jacksonville coming off a nice victory there. If they're able to win this game, Dominic, that'd be something. I'm going for Jacksonville. I hope they do pull off the upset, but I just don't see it happening. Give me the Chiefs big in this one. Next up, we got an NFC North matchup. Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. Bears favored by three here. Oh, man, this is going to be a good one. Ooh, ooh. Give me this game going into overtime. The Chicago Bears winning 23-20 on a field goal. Tight throughout. I can see anybody winning this game, but I think Justin Fields gets the better of Jared Goff for this one, and the Bears come away victorious. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, William. I think that the game that Justin Field just had, if he doesn't realize how special he is and what he can do in the NFL, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? You just had a career record game. I guarantee you he should play similar football, and I think he will. Give me Chicago 23-20. to 20. All right, next up, we got the New Orleans Saints at your Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic. Uh, Saints favored by two and a half in this one. I'm going to say this one is low scoring. I'm going to say the Saints defense does just what it needs to do uh, in this game. It looks like Michael Thomas will unfortunately be gone for the year. Really upsetting news there because I was looking forward to seeing him back in this offense. He will not be for this year, but I still think the Saints have enough to come away victorious in this one. Give me New Orleans 13-10 to 10 over the Steelers. Yeah, this is a very, very tough game to call for me. I think that Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh should do it. I'm going to go with it reluctantly. This is probably a homer pick more than anything else. Give me <laughs> Pittsburgh 27 to 24. All right, next up we got the Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. Not sure what's happening with Tanhill. My guess is he'll play in this game. Therefore, I will go with the Titans in this one. Uh, heavy dose of Derrick Henry still. But I want to see Robert Woods get involved in this offense for the Titans. Denver coming off the bye week. They need this game. They have not looked good this year. Uh, you know, two teams with a lot of uh, expectations heading into the season. I think Tennessee does the job at home. They come away with the victory. I'm going to go final score 26-21 Titans. Now, normally I, I wouldn't go this direction, but that game that Denver won overseas, you know, I think it'll galvanize this Denver Broncos team to a certain extent. Now, how far they can start this winning streak, I don't know. But the Denver Broncos will upset the Tennessee Titans. Russell Wilson will probably have his best game of the year. Give me the Denver Broncos, 24-20. to 20. All right, next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Buffalo Bills. This is my pick for game of the week. Hopefully for Buffalo, Josh Allen will be able to start this game. Uh, talking about his injury earlier on in the show, we don't know how serious it'll be. Uh, my, get is, my guess is he's going to play in this game. I think this is going to be a great game. I think this is going to be a tight game. I do not think the Buffalo Bills will cover the spread. I think this is going to be a lot of Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, essentially being traded for each other because the Vikings use that draft pick to draft Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great game. I'm pumped for this game. Give me Buffalo 37-33 in a high-scoring game uh, over the Minnesota Vikings. Bills win. Yeah, this is definitely a Diggs who's going to be very pumped up against his former team. Peterson versus Diggs. I'm taking Diggs in this one as well. I think Buffalo, the UCL injury is basically an elbow injury for Allen. And I don't think an elbow injury is going to stop him from running. I don't like him running the football, but it is what it is in Buffalo. You just got to accept and uh, move forward. So the Buffalo Bills will win this football game. I think they destroy Minnesota 35-17. to 17. Wow. All right. Next up, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders favored by six in this one will be Jeff Saturday's coaching debut. And I think the boys rally around Jeff Saturday. My upset pick of the week, the Indianapolis Colts start off their tenure with Jeff Saturday with the victory over the Las Vegas Raiders, who have not looked impressive as of late. Give me the Colts to squeeze by the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go 16 to 14. Final score, Colts win. I love the pick, William. That's a really good upset. I can't do it, though. The Raiders <laughs> the Raiders in Las Vegas, after all those 
losses. This will be an overtime game. I'll give you that. Okay. But Devontae Adams will step up in this game. He'll be the difference maker. He'll get a nice little overtime touchdown. Give me the Raiders 27 to 21. All right. Next up, Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers. There's two historic franchises here. Two franchises heading in the opposite direction. Give me Dallas to win this game. They're favored by five at Lambeau Field. I think they win. I think they cover. And I think it's a similar story for Green Bay and that offense struggling to put up points. They put up 16 points, but the Cowboys put up 27, and the Cowboys win in Green Bay. If Green Bay is ever going to make a comeback, it has to be this game, right? It has to be in front of your fans. It's got to be in Lambeau Field. The fans have to rally and cheer for Rodgers. Is it going to happen? Yes, it will happen. (laughs) The Green Bay Packers are going to defeat the Dallas Cowboys, but it won't be Aaron Rodgers leading the way. If my memory serves me right, I believe Aaron Jones will be out in this game. He's got got an ankle injury, which means that A.J. Dillon will be the predominant three-down back. When that happens, good things happen. Give me A.J. Dillon, multiple touchdowns in this football game. Green Bay takes it 28-24. to I like it, Dominic. Gutsy call there. Next up, divisional matchup, Cardinals-Rams. Rams favored by three in this one. I got the Rams in this one. Winning by exactly three points, 2017. Rams get a much needed victory. The Cardinals shaking their heads, scratching their heads, saying, What the heck is going on this season? And yeah, that continues with the Rams winning by three at home over Arizona. Newsflash for everyone out there the Arizona Cardinals are on hard knocks in season. This is this is season number two where they're actually following the team during the entire season. That yeah. is the worst distraction you could have ever asked for the Arizona Cardinals. I did not know that. This team's going nowhere. The Rams will bounce back. Need this victory. We'll take it. We talked about Kyrene Williams. He's going to be a factor in this one. He comes back, is activated. The Rams take it 24-21. to 21. Sunday night football, folks. Chargers at the 49ers. San Fran favored by seven in this one. I'm feeling my upsets this week, and that continues right here. Give me the Chargers to win once again 25-20 over the San Francisco 49ers. Justin Herbert marches down the field late in the game and then hits Everett for a game-winning touchdown. Chargers win 25-20 over San Fran. Wow, that's a good pick. I just can't do it, William. San Francisco in San Fran. The Chargers have a huge problem on the offensive line, and they're running into one of the best front seven in the NFL. Give me San Francisco actually in a blowout, 30-10. to 10. All right, next up, Washington Commanders at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by 11 in this one. Do the Eagles remain undefeated? No, they don't. Give me Washington to win this game and pull up another upset. I don't know why I've got my upset juice flowing in me this morning, Dominic. Give me Washington to win this game in the upset. Taylor Haneke hands a big fat L to the Eagles for the first time this year. 23-20, Washington wins the game in Philadelphia and has them their first loss of the season. Wow, again, William, you're on fire. I'm going to call Philadelphia in this one reluctantly, though. Give me Philadelphia in a big game, 45-30. to Week 10 coming starting today, tonight, with the divisional matchup, Panthers-Falcons. Enjoy the game, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back same place, same time next week. You are listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.